Father, this morning we acknowledge your greatness in our midst. We thank you for an opportunity to be here. And we thank you that you are here with us this morning. May your will be done. Have your way, Spirit of God. May I just be a vessel in your hands. Lord, speak to us. Touch our hearts. Let it be the beginning, a new beginning for every ministry that is represented here, Lord. May we move with more fire and move out, Lord, to do your will even more. In Jesus' mighty name, have we prayed. Amen. And amen. amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be here this morning. Apostle and Mama, God bless you so much. Thank you. Thank you for receiving us. And also the local council of churches. Thank you for receiving us. And also the GPCC. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. And we want to believe God that after these three days, the will of God would have been done in our midst. I want to salute every man of God present in the house. God bless you so much. And also for every member and everyone here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And this morning, I want us to put our hands together for Bishop Dagwood Mills. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that his voice is a voice in the nation and among the nations for a time like this. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, when Apostle was speaking about knowledge, when Apostle was talking about knowledge, I just whispered thank you to the Lord over something. And it was because the books that we have brought to you are actually the curriculum for our Bible school. And they go through this material over a period of between two and four years. So some go for two years, some go for four years. But it is not everybody who has the opportunity to stop everything they are going to go to a Bible school. And that's why I'm thanking God for the man of God because he has packaged it and brought it to us in a way that we can also receive it and enter it and make use of the knowledge. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only that, but he also sends us around so that if he's not, if you are not able to go and get it, he has also brought it to your doorstep. Hallelujah. Amen. Just making a way for the knowledge to go out. And we just want to honor him and thank him for that. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a good place to put your hands together. Amen. 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 Many people can teach, but many people cannot tell you how they did the things they are doing. How he did it. 
And many of these books answer the how, how to do it. So yes, I want my church to grow, but how? 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 How do I do the evangelism? How do I build it? How do I make it work? How do I get workers? And if I'm a worker in the church, how do I do the work? All of it is inside these books. Hallelujah. And so my prayer is that you will get your set before we leave this place. And, and, and just take your time and go through it one by one. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to begin a series. In the mornings I'll be doing something a little different from the evenings. You know, a little different. Because we notice many times the morning, a lot of men of God are able to make the morning meetings. Sometimes they are not able to make the evening meetings. So try to meet different uh, needs. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this morning I want to start something which I will talk about it today and finish of tomorrow morning. And that is the highlights of the Great Commission. Highlights of the Great Commission. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to start with Matthew chapter 28. Verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. We often call this the Great Commission. We recognize it as among the last things that Jesus said before he left. Anytime somebody is about to leave the earth, when the person has an opportunity they will tell you what is most upon their heart Amen Amen Many years ago, <laughs> we went on a, on a journey with uh, Bishop Dark to Nigeria. 
He was going to preach in the fourth four square gospel church in Nigeria. The meeting started in the evening. On a Sunday evening. So in the morning, we were already in the in the city. So we decided to go to our church in the city for service in the morning. <laughs> So we went there, we had a nice service. <laughs> and after the service, we went upstairs to have some lunch and relax until the evening. While we were up there, we heard some gunshots. <laughs> but you know, in Ghana, gunshots doesn't always mean anything. Because sometimes they can be a funeral and they are just saluting the person. It can be fireworks, it can be anything. All of us who were up there were all Ghanaians. So we, forgive me for laughing, but when I think of it now, it is funny. <laughs> We had forgotten. We had forgotten that we are in Lagos. And in Lagos, when you hear Popo, you have to be serious. So we continue chatting, talking. All of a sudden, the Popo was in our churchyard. Hey, hey. And Bishop Black said, Oh, what is that? So he went to the window to open the window. Pow! They fired another round. <laughs> Suddenly we realized that Sunday afternoon, and brothers were in our compound. <laughs> we were about 32 people. And in that small room, we all found a place on the floor to lie down. Hey, hey. what would you have been thinking? Exactly what you would have been thinking. That's what we were also thinking. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, hey, my husband is here, myself is here. We have left our sons in Ghana. Maybe we will not go back. Maybe this is the end. And so as we were lying there on the floor, I was shaking, but I was looking for my phone. Because I wanted to send a text. What do you think I wanted to say on the phone? My last message. Do you think I'll tell them eh, the contemporary is in the freezer? <laughs> Do you think I was going to tell them eh, make sure you clean your room and you organize the house well? At all. It was not on my mind. Oh, Chairman, please. 
There's a space here. I beg you. There's a space here. God bless you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. No. My mind went through so many things. But the only thing that I found to say to them, remember the Lord that we have served. Remember the Lord that we have served. And never deviate from his path. Hallelujah. Amen. That was the most important thing I could have thought of to say to them as my last word. As you can see, by the grace of God, we did not perish. We are here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The Lord heard our petitions. And, our and after they came to walk around, they will they left. And we discovered the following day that not knowing that it was a bank that they were robbing and these people were just the, you know, they're trying to create a diversion. Yeah. yeah, so it was the bank that they were. Some people, yeah. So they were not really coming to us. But why am I telling you this story? I'm just saying this to say that the last words are usually the most important words. Because I'm sure Jesus could have said a lot of things. Jesus could have said a lot of things. But this is what was on his mind as he was about to go. And that is why I believe that in a conference on evangelism, we need to look at what he was saying. I want to jump over verse 18 for a moment and come to verse 19. We'll talk about 18 later on, but this morning I want us to go to 19. Because verse 19 begins the actual message. Verse 18, he was giving them a foundation, but verse 19, he's now giving the instructions. And he starts by saying, Go. Go. That is the first instruction that he gave. Many instructions are very simple. But you will find out that many times we don't do that simple thing. Or we try to make it more complex than it is. But the truth of the matter is that for a ministry to do well, for a pastor to do well, for a, a Christian to do well, you have to move. Amen. Amen. No, and yes, but we have to move. Yes, we need to go. Now, what often happens is that we start by going. 
I am sure that many pastors who are here, you decided to move from somewhere to somewhere and you started your work. Many serious Christians, you became a believer, you got up from where you were, you went to find a place and you fixed yourself in a church. And it is that going that makes us bear fruit. But what happens over time? What happens over time? Over time, there is a tendency to slow down. Amen. Amen. And if we look around today, we can see that generally as a body, a slowing down has happened. But you see, when we stop going, we also lose power. For example, when the American church got hold of the revival, the charismatic revival, they bless so many parts of the world. And so many wonderful things were happening. For those of us who are over the age of 50 we were, and we were believers, you probably remember how they would even try to enter countries when the Iron Curtain was there. They say, you cannot come and preach here. Some will still try to go and still try to preach. Oh, are we familiar with what I'm saying? Yeah. And we remember these people. We remember when the Christian church, when the church was strong in Europe. They didn't keep it to themselves. They went to all kinds of places, including Ghana. And many of our churches have their history in those movements. All the Presbyterian churches that are up on the mountains, they all came out of those um, Basel missionary um, um, people coming in from Switzerland. Up until today, up until today, we are enjoying the benefits of, of a, 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 the Pentecost Church of Pentecost. Um, Makiwan's visit is coming to Ghana. So these people went. And as they went, the gospel moved. And for as long as they kept moving, the churches became stronger. <laughs> but over time, a slowing down 
a slowing down and as that slowing down happens the church in Europe um, it is almost completely dead the church in Europe is almost completely dead hey I'm talking to some people the church in the US is occupied with fighting against abortion, fighting against homosexuality. That's all. And they have That's what has occupied them. What has happened? They stopped moving. They stopped going. They stopped sending the word out. And God in his mercy allowed that message to reach us. So now we are where they used to be. <laughs> With churches everywhere. When the revivals came, you will see the preaching happening everywhere. <laughs> and there was a staring up. Hello. Hello. But there was a problem. After we finished going to a certain point, we have already slowed down. And so in our case, we have not even reached the peak and we have already weakened. Right now, many of us are outside. Many Ghanaians are outside Ghana. But are they preaching the gospel there? Have they affected the people there? At all. They have just gone. It is a what? A financial uh, refugee. Please let's go back to the Bible. <laughs> because I am saying to you this morning that the key is in the going. Every empty chair in your church is because somebody has not gone. Our churches are not full. Our churches are not full. Please ask your neighbor, your church, where you go, is it full? Some of the full ones is because the church hall is small. Some too, ever since COVID, when they say give one meter, one meter, no. We have kept the one meter, one meter. So the place looks full, but actually, no, one meter, one meter, one meter. Hey. Hey. Hmm. 
But today we are going to cure this problem. We are going to cure this problem in the name of Jesus. We are going to cure this problem. Your church, I prophesy to you that your church, it will be full. Your church, it will grow. Your church, it will spill over in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us take a look in the Bible because I believe there are some lessons we can learn there. After Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where Jesus spoke to them and said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the church started very well. And in Jerusalem, they were going, they were moving, they were preaching the word of God. And we love the scriptures where 3,000 were added to the church in one day. Hello. Hello, Moha. Three thousand in one day, four thousand, it was working. But a time came when the Lord wanted them to now also include Judea, start to move out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. But they reached where the church in Ghana has also reached. They were just very happy together. The Bible says they gathered daily. And they were just invest, you know, going through the apostles' teachings to them. They were breaking bread together, and there was joy among them. And so they were a little slow to begin to move further. So certain things began to happen amongst them. And we can see some of those things in our churches today. The issues began in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, the church was still a very powerful church. And the Bible tells us that to, in the last two scriptures, the last two verses of Acts chapter 4, I think 36, 37, thereabouts. You are off. Okay. The Bible tells us that a certain man called Josiah, he sold his land and he brought the money and he laid it at the apostles' feet. And when he brought it, it was received. The Bible says he laid it at their feet. I mean, every pastor we have so many needs in our churches and if somebody did a thing like this we would be quick to commend the person because it is of so much help and 
Hallelujah. Amen. And so this money was received. But you see, by this time, the church was beginning to slow down. And so in Acts chapter 5, we meet somebody there who probably should have been out witnessing and doing some work, but he was in church. So he saw when this man brought the offering. So he went and told his wife. Hey, the way that they are praising Joseph, if we too we can sell something, they also praise us. Politics had entered the church. <laughs> Politics had entered the church. <laughs> if you're a pastor, you know that sometimes the people can start to do things just to get your your attention and your commendation. So quickly Ananias and Sapphira went to sell the land. But I don't think they were led by the Holy Spirit. Because when they got the money, <laughs> it's plenty. We cannot put all inside the church. <laughs> Let's divide. So they divided it. You are familiar with the story. <laughs> and they brought it. <laughs> Unfortunately for them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for them, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was always there. And he told Peter that they have kept some. <laughs> and so Peter, he asked Ananias, You're familiar with the story, say, Is that all the money? How can you lie to the Holy Spirit? He didn't say, Why do you lie to me? He said, Why do you lie to the Holy Spirit? And right there, they carried the dead Ananias out. And his wife came. Mm, she, she didn't have wisdom. I said she didn't have wisdom. Because as soon as they asked her the question, she should have known that as <laughs> MBA. And Peter asked her the same question. Was this all the money? <laughs> and they told her, the people who carried your husband out, they are here. They are coming to carry you also. And the Bible says, fear entered the church. Up until this point, this church had been a fearless church. If you remember in Acts chapter 4, 
That's where Peter and John were lashed for uh, um, spreading the gospel. And when they came to the church, I thought a certain kind of prayer would be prayed. Oh God, look at what they have done to our people. Hey Lord, get them for us. Lord, no, they didn't pray such prayers. The Bible says they came together and they prayed. And in their prayer, they just asked for one thing give us boldness so that we can continue to go. Hallelujah. But now, because of what had happened to Ananias and Sapphira, fear entered into the church. Fear was not there. But now, it had entered. When you have a church and you do not raise up your people to go, fear enters into your church and it takes a front seat. This is one of the reasons why when you now as pastor you say I'm going to do a crusade somewhere the people will not even come. They are afraid to even be seen identifying with Jesus in a certain way. They are afraid to say, I am also a believer. They cannot say with Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason is because you have not taught them to go. They have become comfortable. But it was only the beginning of the problems. More problems were coming into the church because they were getting more comfortable. The problem moves into Acts chapter 6, which opens up with a story. It opens up with a situation in the church. There was a problem. What was the problem? There were some widows in the church. Half were Hebrews and half were Greeks. And somebody came to Peter. And they came to the apostles and said to them, Look, oh, now the, the people are not fair. Oh, they are not fair. <laughs> Anytime they come to share the goodies, then they have been giving it to the Hebrew people and they have been leaving the Greek people. Any church that is not occupied with going out, the quarreling in the church is more. But what was even more dangerous was that they had brought the issue to Peter. And Peter immediately responded. He said, hey, our work is not to come and be sharing bread and sharing water and sharing cocoa and sharing soap. Our work is to pray and to study the word of God and preach it. 
In the words of the Bible, he says, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Man of God, if you don't raise your people to go, you will end up serving tables. Hey. Hey. Man of God, you will find yourself on Monday, you are going to uh, uh, one week for opening something. On Tuesday, you are going to the one week celebration of another somebody. On Wednesday, you are going to the final funeral rites. On Thursday, you are going to pay some. Look, they will occupy you in the serving of tables. <laughs> Hey. Please do I don't want you to forget the feeling I'm saying we should abandon our church members. Well, that, that's not the point I'm making at all. <laughs> because there are times that we must show up. There are times we must show up. But sometimes, sometimes we are showing up too much. Because now we have become the server of tables. But Peter was smart. And Peter said, No, 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 no. We are going to give ourselves to the wedding to pray. So he told them, look for some seven men of honest report. So that we'll appoint them to do this work. The Bible says that it pleased everybody and they chose Stephen. A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And there were others. Philip. Philip Prochorus and, and so many of them. But my question to you is this. If you have a man full of the Holy Spirit. Full of faith, full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Is it that there's no other spiritual work to do? I'm asking a question. Please, you are not widows at all, but let's say these are the Hebrews, these are the Greeks. You have appointed people full of faith in the Holy Spirit. They will come. Serving uh, cocoa here. <laughs> Serving cocoa here. Rice. <laughs> 14 here. <laughs> 
Ask your neighbor, is that the use of the faith and the Holy Ghost that God has given to us? But if you don't show your people to go, you will have men full of faith and the Holy Ghost who will be doing cocoa and soap. Hey. Hey. And this was the story that was beginning to happen in the church of Jerusalem. And so in the book of Acts chapter 8, the Lord rose up and said, if you will not go, I will cause you to go. And the Bible said he scattered them. Let me read the scripture. Acts chapter 8. Hmm. Let's read from verse 3. <laughs> Saul made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women and committing them to prison. In fact, verse 1 says, and they were scattered abroad. Hmm. But the Bible says in verse 4, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Preaching the word. It was the word that the Lord wanted preached, and they were not going. And that's exactly what is happening in our nation. We are being scattered abroad. Hey. Scattered. Maybe it has not yet entered your church, but it's coming. It's coming. It's here too. Eh? Yeah. The only problem is that when we are scattered, we go and we still don't preach. We are scattered. We still don't preach. These guys, when the Lord scattered them, when they went, they preached. But our people, when they are scattered and they go, nothing. Nothing. They find a big box and they catch God and put him inside. Close the box and put it under the bed. Me, I'm going to work and I'm going to earn pounds or dollars. I'm talking to somebody. The Bible says there's nothing new under heaven. That which is, has been is that which shall be. And there's nothing new. So the scattering that came was because they were not going. So they were not going. So now they have gone because of the scattering. But the story becomes even more exciting. In Acts chapter 6, the first person whose name was called to go and do this funny serving was Stephen. The second name was Philip. Uh, Stephen. And in Acts chapter 8, we suddenly meet Philip again. 
Philip. And the Bible says in Acts 8 that Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ. The man could preach Christ though, but he had been sharing one rice water, two rice water, one soap, two soap. Hey! I just love the scripture here. Ah. The Bible says, verse 6, and the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spoke. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many. And many were that were taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. I want you to notice a few things. Remember that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, remember the places that the Lord mentioned Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Samaria, Judea, then Samaria. Judea and Samaria. Now here was Philip in Samaria. Amen. Amen. And when he got there, he began to preach. And the Bible said that the people believed him. Because they saw the miracles that he was doing. All the time he was sitting in the church. As he was sharing rice water. As he was sharing soap, as he was counting the number of widows on this side, number of widows on that side, did he did not even know that he could do any miracle anyway. He didn't even know that he could preach. And this morning, I'm saying to you that Philip is still in the church. I said Philip is still in the church. Philip and Philip is under you if you are a pastor and you have not taught him to go and because he has not gone the souls he would have won and brought to your church have not come and so a section of your church is still empty Philip an ordinary looking person full of faith in the Holy Spirit we have taught our people this they are full but we have not taught them to go and that's why this morning I'm talking about the going I'm talking about the going hallelujah amen Many times when we talk about the going, pastors don't like to hear about the going. Not because we are bad people, no. But the feeling is that if the person goes, what will happen to the church? The feeling is that the church must be full. 
And because I want the church to be full, I cannot get, let somebody go. But that is the mistake that we make. That is the mistake that we make. Hallelujah. Amen. It is our duty to teach them. And then it is our duty to give them somewhere to go. Those who you want to remain with you, they go and they bring the fruit into your house. Only if you teach him. Then there are also others who may go and may start a branch of your work somewhere. It all depends on you. It all depends on you. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Yesterday night. I was teaching something that Jesus expects there to be fruit. And I shared with you that the fruit must be something relating to a human being. Pastor, you cannot do the work alone. You cannot do the work alone. You need other people to also do the work. Many of the people who are criticizing you in your church is because you have not sent them to do the work. If you had allowed them to do the work, they will see that, hey, so for a dreamer, heading. And so this morning, I just want to give you a little bit of a taste of how Bishop Doug ensures that his people go. Please, can I share it with you? Can I share it with you? Hallelujah. Amen. When somebody comes to church, maybe it's somebody you have brought, whatever it is you started, and you just have a few people with you. We start by training them. Joel, please, can you carry the one to 50 for me? It's not a mystery at all. We start by training them. Because the person has received Christ, but he doesn't know much. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe I need somebody to carry the other one as well so that I can point out to you. Okay. <clears throat> Beautiful. Yes, that's one. Please don't go away because I need some there too. Now, there are different books in the different packages. As soon as you give your life to Christ, the training begins. It doesn't have to be training for a very long time. Like that, brother. Don't move. Just leave it like that. I'm reading. 
I'm just looking for light. Okay. Now we have different books. How to be born again and avoid hell. This is one of the first ones. So that the person begins to understand his salvation. Another one that will teach you is how you can have an effective quiet time. Today we have people in the church. They know how to shout. They know how to scream. They know how to run. You lay hands on them, they fall down, but they don't know any scripture. They don't understand their salvation. They don't even know what it means to be born again. And therefore they cannot share it with anybody. How to be born again. Then there's another one here How you can become a strong Christian That one too will use it to teach Usually by the time you have done these three The person now begins to understand That I am a believer Amen. Hallelujah. Then there are other books, how to pray. And we'll actually teach you how to pray. Please, we have a lot of people shouting in prayer, but many do not understand even what they are doing. How to pray The place of faith in your prayer There's a book on faith Then name it, claim it, take it Name it, claim it, take it That's the title of the book Hallelujah Amen. When you are now established We now invite you to join the body of shepherds. And that is when we now take you through other books. What it means to become a shepherd. It's from this book that people understand that they have a, 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 they have a job to do for the Lord. By the time they finish this book, they will stop asking you for money to go and put the offering in the bank. Because they'll begin to understand that, hey, I also have a duty before God that I have to accomplish. And then we begin to teach you other books like the Mega Church. Loyalty and disloyalty. By the time we are done with these teachings, you begin to understand that, hey, the Lord is waiting for me to do some work. And now it is time that you join everybody as we go on outreach. We go on outreach. We go on outreach. And you are also going. And you are in a smaller group. If the three of us are going, 
And I'm the leader of the group. When we go to the first house, I will preach. I will share something. Maybe from the book how you can preach salvation. These are all. This book is. Please, can I have a copy of that book? Yes. This book has everything in it about this is just from the Bible. A hundred and one ways to share the gospel from here. So we just prepare. You don't need more than two or three points from the book. You see, it is important. Because you can go, but you will not know what to say. There's a lot of preaching that's going on, but there's very little preaching of the gospel. So after I have done one, preached one, the next house the other leader has done, has Let's say he is the new person. Third house. Over to you, Jolai. Hallelujah. Amen. And he knows that we are also there. If he gets stuck on the way, he will get some help. Hallelujah. Amen. And as we do it, we get stronger and we learn how to do it. Nobody in the church is exempted. Okay, your hands are tied. I, I thought you clapped for them, Niger. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Very important. Nobody in the church is exempted. Pastors are not exempted. Instrumentalists are not exempted. Singers are not exempted. Hey. Hey. Ordinary members are not exempted. Children are not exempted. I'm talking to somebody in the church. We have a lot of pseudo uh, 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 anointing in the church. I said we have a lot of pseudo anointing. I said anointing. How should I explain it for, for uh, apostles? <laughs> you can feel that you are anointed. Many assistant pastors feel that they are anointed. And the, the church members also think that they are anointed. Because they don't preach every Sunday. So the one Sunday that senior pastor travels, his message that he has been writing for the past seven months, he will come and he will deliver it with power. And now he'll preach it. And he'll call them forward. He'll lay hands. And people are forward say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Papa, no, he's sitting on my gifts. And <laughs> it's very easy to preach one message every three months. 
But to have a hot message straight from the throne of God, Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. But they are walking around feeling very powerful. They don't have the pressure of the senior pastor. <laughs> so he can go to the hospital and say, Oh, we are here. Let me say my members now. Yes, then gradually the people in the church are thinking that you are more powerful than the senior pastor. Today I am giving you the cure. And then if you are anointed let us see anointing is like the wind we never know where the wind is passing until we see the leaves blowing if you say you are anointed go and bring them you said you are anointed go and bring them let us see hmm. ah. praise the worship leader thank God for praise the worship leaders we love you pa but I tell you that it's very easy. If we need anointing between apostle and myself right now, we'll do the praise and worship. Anointing members and say, yeah. True or lie? That one is simple to do. You say you're anointed. Go outside there. Look at a stranger in the face and tell them, please, I want to talk to you about Jesus. And collect their rudeness that they will give you. And still preach. And lead them to Christ and bring them when we see you coming and as you are coming some 14 people are behind you and say oh yeah you are anointed until then stop stop sitting on us and so far teacher want to praise and worship no when you say what was right you will be a and this is what was right and you can't be a you know what about the next year will be and then in casa that is when you see grown men shaking. Hey, hey, bra, bra, bra. This is my friend. I'm coming to worry him small. This is my young man. I was preaching when I gave altar call. One Saturday night, Apostle. I saw him come and catch him. I almost ran away. We see, hey! in the next two minutes, the man is either born again or I am dead. Because then, oh, my heart. Hey! 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 Oh, so he became a born again. We are in the church. We're happy always in the church. <laughs> so he got a few people 
who were under him, making sure he's in the church. They were growing, coming in the church. One day I called him. Have you seen that corner? That corner. Go and look for a place. Start your branch. This big man started shaking this one. <laughs> Hey. Hey. Every month now, I'm be excused to be for fro. Hey. It was last week he sent me a message. Uh, I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. Hey. So, for all your so called anointed people, they should go and come. And you will have some very pleasant surprises. You will find some people who they look as if they can't do anything. But when they go, they are the ones you see coming. And there are people who are so many, they have put them in a trotter and they have brought them to church. Hallelujah. Amen. They must go. So today we are answering the question, how? Organize your people to go. Nowadays, much of what we are calling uh, 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 outreach is actually visitation. Please separate your outreach Saturday from your visitation Saturday. So you might say, maybe you say first Saturday, second Saturday, then third Saturday, fourth Saturday, we are going on evangelism. The first Saturday, second Saturday of the month, visitation. Third Saturday, fourth Saturday, outreach. Mm. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. And you go, you decide where to go. You sit down, you make a map of your town. One of the mistakes many churches make is that they only go to areas near their church. But I like to share with people that when you are going out to do outreach, people coming to church is like a woman going to a hairdresser. I will explain it. You would have imagined that if I have a hairdresser who can do my hair here, this I'm staying here, over here, I'll just go here. But it's never like that. Many times we would rather go to the one who is far. Ladies, what I'm saying, is it true or not? Hey. 
we'll go far that is how it is also with the church so sometimes your member is not here it's not just around you think it's far but if you go the person will come and that's why it's important to do the map how do you do the map catch two young men put them in a pragia or on a moto and they should just start from one end of the town and as they are going they are drawing you see that they have drawn made road then they will draw it's not a perfect map but you can use it Many of the young people in our churches are not doing anything. We have not given them anything to do. But they can do so much. This is one of the things that they will do for you. You'll be surprised. Amen. Amen. When they bring you the map, when they bring the map, because it may be on a book so it's small, you now get a bigger paper and you draw it. Then you divide it. Then you divide it. And if you like, give the areas numbers or names or whatever. Then you are ready to start. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to look for a certain scripture. Just give me a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Oh, no. Okay. Let's go to... Let's go to Luke chapter 15. From verse 8. 8 to 10. What woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends together and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. I used to think that this scripture was only talking about lost church members. 
But I suddenly realized that verse 10 is part of the story. And the verse 10 says that there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. So I began to get another understanding. That for instance, if we take this church, CPIC, there are people, coins all over Doma, they are for you. They are for you. But to find them, you must now sweep Doma. You must now sweep. Every church that is represented here, you are here because there are some people in this city that are for you. Asori biya ukanju madie kono yawo asafuma ana yawo nipa nyamia shewo ediama asafuno. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is why it doesn't matter at all that everybody, each church has drawn their map of the city. Eno so enfa hum se ubiya asafuno do sun ubiya anso. Because you are looking for those that are yours. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says when the woman is looking for the for the coin, she sweeps. What does it mean to sweep? Don't even leave one house unvisited. Don't leave even one. Because if we were to sweep this room, there's no corner we will leave. Please, have you seen that work has come? And can you see that you cannot do the work alone? And that is why now your people who you are training and your serious members, they are all part of this effort. And your associate pastor who feels very calm on Sunday is looking very good. Please, if you're an associate pastor, don't be angry with me. When you are dressing up on Sunday, come up. You will forget all your majestic walking. <laughs> because when pastor has divided the area you also got one area he gave it to you with a few people go and comb that area let us see what you'll be bringing you'll be amazed how your anointed person will come so for Sweating too much. Then you tell him that there's nothing like that. Your oil is not enough. Go back and pray. When you see him coming the next Sunday, his eyes are red. He has not <laughs> He has prayed and now some people are coming. Some people are coming. Hallelujah. And we stay on it. 
And we stay on it. And we stay on it. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. In my church, nobody is exempted. If you are uh, an instrumentalist, you also go. If you are an usher, you go. So a laptop, laptop, phone, you go. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll come and frighten you that they are very important. <laughs> but as they go, the church begins to grow. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together. As part of the going, First of all, in your church, if it is a going in your church, they should not do anything that you don't know about. Uh-huh. You must know. However, you cannot expect to be physically there in all of them. And that is why you need to have trustworthy leaders. If you feel that you cannot trust your leaders, start with your young people now. Um, and yes, but they are young. They are young uh, in age. Yeah. You will be surprised that a lot of your SHS people can do this work. Yeah. That's why they are falling out of church because they are not given much to do. But if you give them something to do, you'll be amazed. Just this past Saturday, one of my lady reverends decided that she was going to have an outreach for the those who have just finished. They were not even JSS, BES, uh, SHS, they were BEC people who have just finished. She gathered all the leaders who have BECE children in their areas. So, for example, can somebody give me the name of an area in Doma? SS, that's the name of an area. Okay, okay. so an area is called SS. Another area? What? Krasu? Okay, so maybe you have somebody who is in charge of all outreaches in SS. Somebody in charge of all outreaches in Cras. Okay. Now, she went to these leaders and said, who in your area is just finishing BECE? And when they came to church, she met them together with the leaders. So the leaders were there and the children were also there. And then she said... Now, as you are finishing, you have just finished your BECE. In two weeks' time, I want us to do an outreach with your friends. Uh, 
And she said to them that I want you to bring your friends who don't know Jesus. I think she had about I think about 40 something people. 40 something 40 something like that. Yeah. Who came for her meeting after church. And she told them to bring their friends. And their leaders were there. So they were also encouraging the children. And then she told me that when they come, I want to give them some refreshment. And I said, good for you. You know why I said good for you? She has to go and raise the money. So, she just went to her colleague pastors and she asked them, can you support us? We want to refresh these children. And most of the pastors gave her 50 CDs, 80 CDs, 100 CDs. So I asked her, how many people are you expecting? She said, oh, I'm just working with 42 children. So maybe if I get some 100, 120, I think they have done a very good outreach. The Saturday for the outreach arrived. <laughs> I said the Saturday arrived. <laughs> then they started sending me pictures. I saw them. Pastors were coming with the BC people from their area. They are in buses and they are coming. And they were coming out of the bus. Coming out. I said, hey. I thought they said they are expecting 120 people. When I asked at the end of the day, how many children came? 204. I asked how many gave their lives to Christ after the preaching. 75. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The children were so excited. Their pastors were excited. She also was excited. But I was not physically present in the meeting, but the meeting had come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastors, we need to train our people. Yeah. And when I say train them, you are training in prayer, you are training in word, but there's also training in the work of the ministry and training in loyalty. Put your hands together for Jesus.